You're about to meet somebody who is a personality here at WRBL. And when I say personality, he's got a big one. Hang around. You speak, we listen. Conversations connecting people. This is the Chuck Williams Show. Welcome to this edition of the Chuck Williams Show. We're in Savannah right now getting ready for the Warnock-Walker debate. So this is being pre-taped on Friday of last week. Our guest is Rex Castillo. Rex is the sports director for about six more hours or wow. 12 more hours <laughs> at WRBL. Rex, welcome. Thank you so much, man. Honored to be here. You got some news. You, I do. Uh, you're going to be leaving the sports department and staying at the station, fortunately for us. <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit about what, what's fixing to happen in, in Rick's world. As far as, well, you'll be in Savannah, but as, as of next week uh, or this week currently, um, I will be your co- uh, morning news co-anchor with Crystal Whitman. Very excited for the opportunity. A lot of sports guys you'll see uh, that I've talked to and I've met in the past that th- this is kind of the transition you make. Uh, morning news gives a little bit more flexibility for, you know, my, as you mentioned, my personality to show my, uh, my contributions here. And also I have so much respect for people on the evening side. You have to be built a certain way to deliver that kind of news over and over again. And I think my chemistry with the morning team that we have here is fantastic. And I'm excited for that. Um, mostly I'm doing this, although I'm doing this in the middle of football season, which I will miss, uh, covering local sports, uh, at length coaches and players have been tremendous here. Uh, it's time for me to lay the foundation for um, the next chapter of my life as well. And I think this opportunity, as crazy as it sounds, op- uh, allows more balance for that. Take all the sharp objects out of the sports <laughs> office when you leave. Jack, <laughs> Jack, Jack, without you, doesn't need that temptation. That's also very true. Uh, you know, sports guys are a special breed. We're and, very different. <laughs> yeah, you are. And I'm a recovering sports guy. Yeah. And, and um, I made a similar career move. Right. I made mine in 97 after the Olympics. Uh, what, a, what a note to go off on, though. Uh, I coordinated the Ledger's Olympics coverage. We were the smallest daily newspaper in the United States to get a full access credential. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it, was, it was an amazing time. And you're seeing some of that now. But you, there comes a point where... The toy shop, the hours and the the demands are very, very tiring. And you have to start looking at what's my personal life outside the toy shop, right? Yeah, and, and that's really what it became. Um, it's not unusual during football season for me to put in 14-hour days. And because I, I'm proud of it, I'm proud of what we can do and proud of the work ethic I have, you miss out on a lot on the other side. My family's also not in, my immediate family's not in state. So I can't drive for, I can't even drive four hours away from the station and be next to family. It's tough, but you realize the mission, you realize what you're there for. But yeah, you, you do have to sacrifice. You know, and I will say this, the Friday night highlight show that y'all do is, yeah. and I've been watching them in this market for 33 or more than that um, right. for many, many years. And it's it's the one of the best I've ever seen because oh, wow. y'all get so much in. I mean, you send <laughs> folks all over to get you. And you, could have, you can literally cover 11, 12, 13 games in your show. I think 14, is, 14 or 15 is um, some of the most we've done on, on average. But that doesn't happen without – incredible volunteers who have to corral a hurricane that is my personality at times. Well, and as you do all of that, 
people don't realize when you get through at 1130, you still got to cut video. Uh You've got to put stuff on social. Right. And then if Georgia or Auburn have a noon kick, you're back. What time are you back at the station to to drive to Athens or Auburn or Tuscaloosa even? All right. So let's say uh, this is perfect. Auburn had a noon kick against Missouri. Um, 1130, the show wraps. We sit down for another hour, hour and a half to post and cut and do what we do to make sure that our stuff is clickable and enjoyable because we have to post it to several different social media places. So that that's about 1.30. Get home, 1.45, 1.50, go to sleep uh, at 3, then wake up at 8 or 9, drive to Auburn, cover another game from 12 to 3. Post game is another two hours, so 12 to 5. I've slept for about a good six hours at this point. Then... Make sure you get everything, edit all that video, edit the video four quarters, edit the video, the interviews that you get, edit the video of that, make sure everyone else is there. Then at that point, also keep up with social media, then be sure to keep an eye on other other teams, including Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern, and other Troy. people. And Troy, go T-Roy. It could easily be a 15 to 16 hour day. You know, in coming off of six hours of the 14 hour day on Friday. If you're sitting at home, and you're thinking, cry me a river, don't. because Oh, no, this is the, fun. The, I mean, those of us that do this, do this because we enjoy it. A hundred percent. This is a, people look at me, uh, if I tell family members what my hours are, they're like, why are you doing this to yourself? It's because I, I get a free ticket. But that free ticket to be on the sidelines comes with a price. It and does. you have to work hard. You do, because there are so, much, there are so many people who want to be in your spot. We're all fans, but sure. the fandom stops when you when it you does. walk in with that credential. It has to. It does. And you know, but what have you had tickets to see? Oh wow. Good question. Um, I have had tickets to see a Heisman Trophy winner up front and close. I saw, when I saw Joe Burrow play against Jake Fromm and those dogs, it was that's what a Heisman Trophy winner looks like. I have had tickets to see local athletes from our high school. I cover Bo Jackson. So see, I, know, I know what one. Yeah, you know, know what, what one looks, looks like. like. <laughs> Tank Bigsby, when he was a superstar at a Class 2A school here in Georgia, I know there were questions about him going to the SEC. I'm like, y'all, his nickname's Tank for a reason. He is monstrous. But also outside of the football scheme, I've seen future NBA players. I've seen Jabari Smith go to the, my Houston Rockets. Thank God. Um, seen, seen history. Seen schools end championship droughts. Seen communities come together. Seen the worst things happen to a community like a tornado claiming lives. And see how sports can heal. I've seen young men and young women who are future leaders at at the most joy, uh, have just fun. And I've seen people from all, from all colors of the rainbow, all walks of life, all different kinds of socioeconomic backgrounds unite. And that's, what's been really special. And you've, you have seen a lot of really cool things. Oh yeah. And you are, people have no idea how talented you are with a camera. Thank you. And I mean, I've seen it in your highlights, (laughs) but I saw it one day when you and I got, thrown together oh the the, the you follow you follow yeah. tornado and 
It was a combination of you went off the shoulder for 45 minutes live with a camera. Yeah, that was a workout that day. With, with me walking around talking to all my old neighbors <laughs> and was, friends. Yeah, that was that was one thing. But what was really unique about that was it you had a touch that no other reporter could have that day. Was like, look, this is my neighborhood. This is these are my people. I'm just here to capture the moment. And it helped. Adrenaline helped. But my lord, that next day, my shoulder it felt like I had pitched 32 innings in a row. And it was a sports story because we got to it on a golf cart. So. That was the best part. <laughs> Chuck was like, people were, all these roads are cut off and randomly Chuck's neighbor in a golf cart says, hey, you want to ride? I'm like, this is amazing. This is outstanding. <laughs> and all the other reporters were outside the gate. I For think. like 30 minutes. <laughs> and you and I are walking around. Going, I'm just like, yeah, Chuck knows literally everyone on this block. All right, this is great. You know, the thing about it is that I do have a home field advantage in a lot of areas just because I've sure. been here. but. You have built a home field advantage with the sports guys. <laughs> a lot of these coaches and a lot of the the people that are responsible for the athletic stuff around here have a great respect for you and Jack oh, as a team. You. But that's come because y'all y'all have worked to earn. I mean, yeah. what's been your philosophy on working with the people that you got to deal with? to do this stuff? It's a good question. My thing is everyone has a smartphone, right? So everyone can get the score from the Dallas Cowboys, from the Atlanta Falcons, from the Braves, whatever they do, way faster than I can tell you. And plus you have access to that. Why would you want me to do it? But just because I'm covering um, Lakeside or I'm covering Chambers Academy or I'm covering the Central Red Devils, they're giving you their time. And the most valuable thing anyone can give you is time. Just because you're not covering the Dallas Cowboys doesn't give you a right to slack off. If I can trust, and I've told this to every reporter, every aspiring sports reporter, if I can trust you with the smallest school to cover them well and to do it well, then I can trust you with anything. It's easy to go to Auburn University and come up with a storyline. It believe me, and I, you, and you get a meal before you have you to get do a it. meal, and thank God for those meals. But know, it's they're, they're great. But like again, I can send you to the Yankees, and you can easily give me a storyline. But go to Lakeside or go to uh, Glenwood. Actually spend time with these young men, young women, and get me a storyline. My first beat ever was in college, and I had to cover the University of Texas San Antonio volleyball team. Other than the fact that, you know, it's just like barely anybody was in the stands at that time. They're very, very good. Volleyball is a dynamic sport with incredible women who work really hard. Everyone can respect that. So go do that. And then that has been my philosophy with... You know, I, my thing is I don't know who you are at when I first got here. I couldn't tell you the difference between Harris County and Auburn High. And, but I got there and I realized these, these athletes are tremendous people and they're giving you their time. Don't waste it. You know, what's interesting is the people that you meet in these settings. Oh yeah. They become sources and become friends. Like my first job yeah. in the sports information department at Troy was, I was the women's basketball bookkeeper, very yeah. similar to volleyball. And that was back when it was the AI. It wasn't even. Women's sports weren't even an NCAA sport back in the 1970s, late 70s, early wow. 80s. And with point guard on that team was uh, um, a woman from Tuscaloosa. No kidding. She later became the head of economic development, the chamber here. In Wild. <laughs> so things like that follow you. And yeah, yeah. I think you, y'all will find that a lot. I want to get into the personal side a sure. little bit about you, you – you you you've got a very interesting background. Yeah, there's a, there's a military component to your background. Does that yeah. help you in Columbus? That has one hundred percent helped me in Columbus and in life in general. So uh, what Chuck's referring to is um, 
I spent six years in the Texas Army National Guard. Univer the U UTSA didn't have a J school, a journalism school. And I still wanted to do this job. So I looked at it in the military and the, and the Texas Army National Guard. One, it kept me coming back to Texas. So I wanted to be somewhat close to family and finish my degree, which is in public relations. And then two. Were you ROTC? Uh, no, I was not ROTC. Um, so I you thought about it. I, but going into what I went into allowed me to get into there. It allowed me to get into the, the Army version of broadcast school faster. Yeah. ROTC. You have to, you're, you're assigned to lead whatever they, the army tells you. You go where the army tells you in yeah. ROTC. So for me, respect to all the ROTC though. Uh, for me, I wanted to get in there, learn how to, and the army taught me through their um, basic combat correspondent course, how to shoot, write, edit, voice, all this stuff. So you were a PIO. Yeah, I was a PIO. I was a PIO, PAO. Um, I, some other places call it different, but I was a PIO essentially. And but I used that along with a lot of internship. I was very hungry for internships. I uh, interned at Fox 26 uh, KABB in, in San Antonio. They're now a duopoly with the NBC. Um, and I just, from there, the discipline, the hard work, that's where it all comes from. You have to work hard in the Army, especially in basic training. I uh, went, uh, went to basic training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and that was wild. Hot, very hot, but it was, it was wild. Oh. All public affairs people should be trained killers. Well, honestly, it comes down to that because as a public affairs guy, the Army like, kind of puts you in this weird island. But at the same time, the soldiers want to know, like, hey, if stuff hits the fan, are you ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the best war correspondent was a guy named C.J. Chivers, and he w works for the New York Times. And yeah. he, uh, he got a lot of embeds in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was Those a he was a marine with a ranger tab. And That's a tough dude. <laughs> That's a any, tough dude. Any commander, it's like they would look at somebody built like me, and then they would look at him and go, "I'm taking Chivers with me." <laughs> <laughs> he well, we, he can go. We on need Chivers. Yeah, absolutely. You should he can go on this ride. Uh, yeah, but you know the the thing about the military is, what did the military teach you? It taught me how to. Uh, First of all, how to work hard. It taught me uh, how the importance of communication as well. I know that it, that's kind of ironic, but in in, Not really. in in the army, you have to be on the same page. Now, there's a certain way to deliver that message, but you have to be on the same page. And I I, I over communicate, and I make sure everyone on above me understands what I'm doing. Everyone who I'm in charge of understands me what I'm doing. We all have to f have the same mission, same fight, same objective, so we can all move the same way. If you don't move the same way in military, people die. Yep. But if you don't move the same way in journalism, in our career path, people's jobs could be on the line. We could also get information tremendously wrong. And our credibility, once you lose it in this business, it's so almost impossible to get it back. You know, too. And then on, if you get a score wrong, there's very little liability to that. I mean, other yeah. than you know you screwed it up and you've got to fix it. Right. You get a guy who's arrested for sex for a sex offense wrong, then there's incredible liability to the corporation. You say some, you say you kill somebody's daughter who didn't die. Right. Yeah, who's gonna trust you? Yep. So I think that's what it taught me. It also taught me how to be a servant leader. One of the best quotes that I've seen from the uh, non-commissioned officers' oath is, "I will never tell, I will never ask or demand anything of anyone that I haven't done or I'm willing to do myself." Yep. Jack. Can I hope you can attest to this. I've sent Jack on some crazy assignments, but at the same time, I've told him, like, look, I'm sending you to Tuscaloosa to cover this game. He actually was there when he met Marty Smith. I gave him the, uh, that was the assignment. Like, look, you haven't been to Tuscaloosa yet. 
Now it paid off dividends even more immensely. Um, but you I got hundreds of Twitter followers. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> but it was it was the same thing that like he's a kid who has worked so hard in this department. Like, look, you've worked hard. I've driven to Tuscaloosa for a noon kick, and it was a three thirty kick because it was Tua versus Joe. It's like I've done this trip. It it's hard, but it's worth it. And I always, even now, I will never ask any reporter in this morning anchor position if I ask you to do this. I've done it, or I'm willing to do it but I'm trusting you because you're the right person for it. As you moved into sports, in out of out of sports, out of, well, into sports as a, as a career. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you do some new side stuff? I did. Um, I was a bureau reporter for a Time Warner Cable news station based in Austin. Um, oh. Out of my military experience, they want me to cover this uh, court martial for Major Nadal Hassan. And that was... Uh, oh, wow. That was my beat for a while. Um, yeah, but covering that court martial and getting a crash course in UCMJ law and how the court system works there in UCMJ, which is very Jag very, is Jag. Jag's is different. Different. <laughs> Jag's a different world. And, but even at that time, it really hit hard for me as a soldier, as a uh, as a soldier at the time, as someone who was enlisted. Because if I had been assigned to Fort Benning a few months ago, I could have easily been one of his targets. And he killed. What was he accused? He was. This, this is the guy that was accused of going in and shooting. Right. He was. So what happened was Major Nadal Hassan went on Fort Hood. Uh, he was. He aligned himself with Al Qaeda and basically shot up a military base. And at the time, you know, soldiers aren't soldiers outside of military police aren't allowed to be armed. Yeah. Um, it's just that if you're in, in garrison, it's supposed to be safe. He found a loophole, shot up a bunch of soldiers. One of them was pregnant, and it enraged the nation, especially the military community. And for me, I had to cover it. And that was a huge, huge lesson in objectivity was like, you feel a certain way about this case. Sure. It's not about you. It's about the case. And people are depending on you because you have access to this to do it right. Get the information. And to get the information. It's, yeah, it was and, tough. And when you come over, you'll probably get some court stuff early. And I, th I think so too. You cl clearly you can handle it. Um, then you, you need a crash course in that again. I will. I will be the one to ask so many questions of veterans like yourself. Like guys, help. So, yeah. but I think that's the other thing the military told me was that if you don't ask, they're going to assume that you know, and if they assume you know and you get it wrong, then you're in trouble. So no, ask the question. No question, stupid. <laughs> um, well, there are some stupid questions. They need to be asked though. Sometimes, sometimes they do. <laughs> so. You ended up in sports. Where was your first sports shop? San Angelo, Texas, market 190-something in middle nowhere, West Texas. If you go to Lubbock, it is three hours before you hit Lubbock, Texas. But I loved it. Oh, my Lord, I loved it. Um, it was just the opportunity to finally do what I needed to do. Um, what was really fun at the time, too, San Angelo Central High School, which is the biggest high school we had. It's like the size. It's actually, student population-wise, it's probably bigger than, like, Central Phoenix City. But it had the same passion for it. And Central, the one game that I will always remember, San Angelo Central played Odessa Permian. The so I was going to say, did they play Midland and Permian? Yeah, they played Midland Lee. They played Midland High, Odessa Permian. So Friday Night Lights, the movie, I got to, all those schools actually came, and I got to cover it. And I stood there on the sidelines completely in awe of the Odessa Permian black and white. And then I was like, whoa, that's the P. That's the seventh flag over Texas. Blah, blah. I was like, Rex, they're also like 16 to 18-year-olds. You can you can relax a little bit, enjoy the game, but that environment was so much fun. And then it turned into, I, I posted like the final play, which was like an interception by the Bob, the Central Bobcats to like seal the game and win the district. They It turned into like a fan message board <laughs> between Odessa Permian fans and Central fans. It was fantastic. 
I was a huge fan of Friday Night Lights as well. And about two years after it was written, I'm in a courtroom in Phoenix City, and it was the start of a very long murder trial. Yeah. A, a mur- there was a kid that was killed. His fa- He and his father were throats cut, left in a shallow grave on 431. That's terrible. And it was unbelievable. And all of a sudden, I look up, and Buzz Bissinger is Wow. Like, Buzz Bissinger wrote Friday Night right. Lights. And Buzz, he's got a book out right now um, about a game played on Okinawa, Okinawa Island just before all those guys got killed. Oh, wow. Um, it's called the, the Greatest Game Nobody Ever Heard Of or something like that. Might have to check it out. Yeah. But he was a reporter for Philadelphia Inquirer, and he spent three months in Phoenix City. Mm-hmm. Um, researching this and never wrote a word on it and I, nobody ever knows what happened but but i mean i walked up and i said what what are you doing here right yeah yeah you know this is not a football i mean are you covering the central i read that that's why are you here right but you know but you know it's and it's funny because as you come out of sports you'll realize these guys that are the ties to sports are also showing up in other parts of the world and that, that's what i've always thought is really cool is that sports is our baseline for a community and it's it can be a springboard to other things but it's always the one thing we can unite i mean the world cup and the olympics are successful for a reason right yep and you know the thing too at least in the journalism business one thing I've found is sports guys, when they go to news, and a lot of us do, is because of the deadline pressure sports push you under, you're a little bit ahead of people who haven't had to do some of the deadline stuff that sports forces you to do. 100%. Games. Uh, What's the worst deadline situation you've ever been in? Oh, <sighs> Overtime game that has a late kickoff and the 11 o'clock news is not moving. If, for example, there are nightmares I have. Um, the Iron Bowl last year where Jack was covering it, I would have had a heart attack. For, it starts at 3.30. You think you're done by 8 o'clock. You can at least get me first half highlights but for the early show. And by the late show, you're done. Four overtimes later? We're not done until 9.30 9.30 Central? Are you kidding me? I just told him, Jack, I will get everything else from another source. You just worry mm-hmm. about that. So anything overtime, I always have like a little... All the fans are like, hey, we're going overtime. All the journalists are like, no, why? <laughs> uh, for example, so like the the at the time, the Broncos and Colts had a miserable field goal game that, uh, at this era on Amazon Prime. I would have thrown myself off a cliff. Just like, I'm not doing anything. This is ridiculous. <laughs> the worst thing you can do is have... Time slotted in your sports block. For example, if I have four minutes on, on weekends, and I have a minute dedicated to the Iron Bowl because people care about it. And it's just like, well, that minute has to turn into a 10-second scoreboard that I have to show because of reasons and copyright reasons because I can't air it. Um, and then when you deal with overtime, when national broadcasts push you late. Yeah. Like, well, what's the point? No one, Everyone knows they've seen the highlights 17 different times, but they don't care See. about my camera saw. The newspaper side of that is you write the story with, with the wrong team winning and you have to turn around. Control A, delete. I've done that many, many times. <laughs> or it's like, like yeah, that, that storyline by the fourth quarter. I'm like, well, they came back from there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. You, you know, you ended up in Texas. I did. And then you came back. You came to Savannah, right? Mm-hmm. Was it- yeah, Savannah was my first uh, weekend sports anchor job. Um, my situation in uh, in San Angelo, we only had a Monday through Friday uh, cast because it was like a brand new Fox station that they launched. So there was only Monday through Friday. 
it was kind of sweet being a sports guy, but Monday through Friday, but also you realize how much you miss because St. Angelo has uh, Angelo State and they had a good football team. I'm like, well, I can't get any highlights of that. So do I just work six day weeks the rest of my life? No, um, but getting the weekend sports anchor job in Savannah, Georgia, that was a thing where it's like, I have no one here in this state, but it's a necessary risk. Took it and it paid off. So yeah, but Savannah's a gorgeous town. My gosh, that, that you town became a huge Savannah Bananas fan. I am yes, I am a Savannah Bananas ambassador. Uh, I just love what they're doing with the sport. Um, I sure I grew up playing baseball, fan of the Astros. Go ahead, Braves fans. But at the same time, there there is a stuffiness about baseball that's so rooted in tradition. And my big personality also leans into like taking risks and having fun. So why not have somebody on stilts throw a baseball? Why not? I love it. Light your bat on fire. I'm a big bat flip guy. The bigger your bat flip, the better. <laughs> you know, we're different. Very much so. <laughs> we're, Very much so. We're, we're different. Um, you know, uh, we're different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for crazy uniforms. Chuck and I legitimately had one of the greatest debates was seeing Chuck almost willing to choke me up against the wall <laughs> when I suggested that Auburn should have orange uniforms. I'm an... If there is a spectrum, Chuck is the traditional Auburn, Penn State, even purist. I purist. think the word you're looking for is purist. Boring is my my thing that I like to say. <laughs> because I'm all for Oregon having different uniforms every week and alternate jerseys and having I'm just I, I'm I'm all for expression. I, I will make a confession. Yes. I did the story last week on Bill Jordan and Realtree and the old yeah. Miss helmets. You liked them, and didn't you? I did. But Bill said something that, and I should have flagged y'all on it because sure. I think pull it out. Because one of the things Bill said was in his conversations with Kiffin. Yeah. Now, Bill played for Johnny Vaught. Johnny okay. Vaught was the old Miss. It was, you know, Fair Bryant, Shook Jordan, Johnny along the, Okay, along those lines. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, he was, you know, the Bobby Dodds. I mean, he was that Very was old school, very... Wally Butts. Walt, yeah, straight down the line. Yeah, like, hey, old, this is old school football. Yeah, and, you know, Bill played for Coach Vaught at the end of his career. And Bill said, kids today are different. Yeah. And they need swag. Oh, yeah. They want to look good. They want to look different. Lane's Lane Kiffin's figured that out, mm -hmm. and Bill said, "You know, I'm old school, but I understand it, and I think it's a good thing." And you know, and he kind of explained it in a way an old guy could understand it. Okay, you know, because he clearly has seen the light. But those old Miss helmets they wore last week—I mean—and they wouldn't say when or where, but. I would imagine it's whenever they play the bully dogs. Yeah. Um, I got a feeling you're going to see something else from them. I think what also happened, and I was just thinking about this too, was Deion Sanders came on the scene and everyone who's a fan of Deion had kids. And Deion is still the same way. Neon Deion, everything about him was fantastic. What I loved about Realtree was it connected to a community that understands it. You, I don't think you can take real tree print, put it on a USC helmet, and the Trojans make it work. No. Like, again, so for me, I think expression is so important in sports, and that's what allows people to do it. Now, whether through clothing, whether through swagger, I think that's important. I'm, I want, ultimately, a 30-second play clock for a touchdown celebration. I understand the need mm -hmm. for score to touchdown, here's the ball, I'm ready to go do it again. No, it's hard to do that. So I'm going to let you know I did it. I loved I loved what they said in the 30 for 30 for the Hurricanes for the U. If you don't like me dancing in the end zone, it's on you to make me stop. 
Yeah, you just don't let me get there. You, you, you don't. You talk, yeah. but I, I. What I love about the swagger and the ability, but I, what I really loved about Realtree was it was the identity of the community because you understand that Realtree, Mississippi, it's a big hunt. You know, it's a big outdoorsman yeah. community. For Georgia, like the black jerseys, I know there's a stigma behind it, and it doesn't help when you bring out an alternate uni and get your skull c- kicked in. You can't do that uh, anymore. Uh, you better not lose. It, it, but, two, but two quick stories yeah. about that. I was in the uh, I was in Jacksonville when Georgia broke out the black jerseys, and um, Florida just crushed them. Right, I mean crushed them. I think it was the last time Florida won, or that, <laughs> since then. that game has but, been dogs all yeah for for quite some time now. The at five minutes to go, the sports writers get on the elevator, go down the field, and watch the last five minutes on the field. Right, and I was in the elevator with the whole Florida athletic staff. Yeah. And I just jumped in. They were going down a little early, so I was, I was catching the ride. Those are the they, also those uh, elevator rides are fun. And always yeah. fun. But they didn't they sort of didn't the A D made a comment and then he said, Oh my God, when he saw me. He looked up and he says, Well, that's how you shut that up. <laughs> and, and I started to use it and I didn't. But, you know, and then when you talk about Dion, you think about Coach Prime. Yeah. And I was in the game in the I was in the locker room. Yeah. With, um, God, who's the iconic uh, CBS uh, sideline reporter, Pam, oh. Pam Oliver. Pam, Pam Oliver, Oliver. Yeah. Pam Fantastic Oliver. Job. Everybody was around Dion and he was playing for the Niners. And they had just destroyed the Falcons, and Dion sitting there half dressed, screaming, <laughs> "Screaming, this is my house! Yep. I built this he house!" Did. I mean, I was standing right there. So sports gives you a chance to see some of that. It does, and you know, to there, like you said, there are two sides of the spectrum. If you're gonna be swag, if you're gonna have swag, like if Ole Miss loses that game by three touchdowns, you're never gonna see those helmets ever again. No, but you may see them in the season. Yeah, you may see them in the season again with Dion. With him dancing, with him saying, with the sayings, all that stuff. He also could return kicks. He could pick six. And the, the right side of the field is shut off. Now, if you wear something swag, you know, if you wear a lot of swag and then you get drug, eh, he could he also, took a risk. He could also draw a walk and, and steal a base. <laughs> steal a he base. So much, but he could yeah, draw a walk. I mean, you put him on first base and then it's a problem. Yeah, it's a triple. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, that's where I, I just I lean into that and I really enjoy seeing kids have their swagger about it, but it, you're right. I think you're also right. There is a place where you can divert, but you need to come back. Like that you need to be rooted in tradition, but and, you have to be careful with what you're doing. And, you know, and I think that's, you know, I'm a, I'm just against like shutting it off completely. You know, I mean, in tradition, like I know you and Jack and a bunch of y'all are huge wrestling Yes. And I've tried to watch some of today's wrestling and I, and I can't get there. That's fair. I mean, but you know, I mean, I kind of shut it off with Hogan and Macho Man and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That See, that's kinda, when I was getting into that, it. And that was when I was sort of transitioning out of it. But, sure. you know, one of the things you're going to find is when you can cover personalities, you can cover anything. That's true. That's very tr- Oh, my Lord, that is so true. Especially if you know how to navigate personalities. And to navigate a personality, for example, uh, who's one of the biggest personalities? There's a lot of personalities you can cover. But, for example, I'll just, use a, I'll just use a personality like Kirby Smart or Nick Saban. Very stoic, very, very, almost people say bland. They almost say nothing. It's like, they say stuff. You just have to listen. 
Lane Kiffin is a guy who will say whatever he wants. And it's amazing. And I think I heard this from Dale Hansen too, covering a guy like Brian Bosworth. Yep. The Boz is fantastic sports TV. He'll see, he'll, I, I, he literally says this in the, in the documentary. Put, put the Boz up there. He'll say something incredibly stupid. It'll piss somebody off a lot. And that's great sports TV. So I think great when you know how to navigate. Gus Malzahn's another example. Gus Malzahn is not the most electrifying press conference, but he is one of the most electrifying people on the sidelines. I think it's hilarious. Oh, I love watching I love Gus. watching him on the sidelines. And for, with players, football players have a lot of confidence. They have to. Baseball players a little bit more subdued. Basketball players are the ones, I think, who have the most uh, uh, breathing room to have swagger. Because, one, you don't have a mask or a hat on to hide anything. Everyone's sitting in a gym. And it's all about embarrassing you the entire time, which is fantastic. K oh, KD Johnson, one of the best people to ever cover. I love KD for, for Auburn basketball. I love watching his facial reaction. Oh, that, that's all. I think the SEC Network had like rate this on the KD Johnson scale, and it's just all of his different faces. Dylan Cardwell, another fantastic uh, guy for the, uh, for the Auburn Tigers basketball team. But I love guys yeah, like that. Well, I mean – I would love to cover Pearl. I wouldn't want to cover Saban so much. Pearl, oh, that's a, you know what? That's a, that's a really good Bruce Pearl is a guy. If you ask him the right questions, he'll give you anything. And he's a he's confident. He's bragged. He's a little braggadocious because he can. I think one of the greatest lines I ever heard was like, "People in Auburn won't hit me because I win championships here." And uh, but then you go to the other side. Butch Thompson, who has built the Auburn baseball program into an amazing powerhouse. I was at an AISA championship weekend. So AISA for everyone listening, private school. He's in line getting Dippin' Dots. And I'm just like, didn't you go to Omaha two years ago and you're waiting in line for Dippin' Dots at a private school? What flavor Dippin' Dots? I think he got the mint chocolate chip ones. So oh, those are good. Those, those are great. great. But he's always one to like go out of his way. I was there. I was there as they were getting ready to go uh, to Cor Corvallis. And he looks at me because LaGrange baseball had, had just dealt with tremendous tragedy, two of their players dying in a car crash. And he looks up at me and he's like, Hey, how's LaGrange college doing? Uh, they're, they're on a historic run coach. Yeah, they're doing great. I was like, well, okay, this is an sec guy getting ready to punch his ticket to the super regional asking about a division three college in LaGrange looks up at me again. Hey, by the way, thanks for covering us. You're an SEC school. Of course I'm going to cover you. But, you know, baseball, you know, it doesn't nearly get the love or the traffic We're, that baseball, that football gets. But he's amazing. He's I, I, Butch and Pearl are some of the best out there. As you get ready for Monday and next week and beyond, yeah. what's the most – what are you the most nervous about? The sleep. No, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> you should be. Um, the – Oh, what am I most nervous about? I think I'm at the point now where I am the most nervous about two things. People won't take me seriously. And am I good enough to do this? Be and I, that, that's something that, that's in my head the entire time. Am I good enough? Am I worthy of this chair? There's one thing to be the sports director. And it's, I have taken this place, this city, this area, in the middle of the South, has trusted an Asian American man to talk about sports. That doesn't happen a lot. Well, and I think what you're going to see is you've been dishing out yourself in in minutes. You're about to be throwing yourself out for hours. That's what I'm. That's it. It's it's the ability to like I can engage you. I have certain ways that I can do this. It's 
am I just the fun sideshow that's okay in five minutes? Or can I truly be with Crystal a leader in you getting ready for your day? So there is a fine line. There's a growing up that needs to be done. There is a transition in personality and when I can be. And I, I've been in newsrooms enough to understand what needs to leave. If, we, if we're under hurricane advisory, of course we need to leave with that. The unfortunate accident of uh, uh, that yesterday where one young child dies. We have to talk about that. I can't talk about that the same way I talk about a game-winning touchdown. Oh, so yeah. it's my, those are my biggest worries is that I hope that I Tone and delivery. Tone delivery, I, which I, I know I can do, but also are we going to fast forward six months and we get letters into the news station that you get that guy off my screen? This, this community has given me so much. If I've, they didn't get the letters on me, they're not going to do I can assure you that. Well, there's the bar. But um, uh, for me, it's, it's, I, I really want to give this, this place, this city, this community, the ability and, and what they deserve. I, I found someone who I want to build a life with. I found I, my dream was realized here. And hopefully this place can help me grow again. You know, this is being pre-taped, obviously, but <laughs> um, you you got any mixed emotions knowing this is probably could very well be your last uh, Friday night prep zone, Friday night. Well, I mean, I do. People out there just have no idea how hard you're going to have to work the next t- ten hours today. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, but I'm, oh, man. Um, this is the last one, Bubba. It really feels like when whenever you see players talk about their last game, kind of feels like that. My entire identity, ever since I was serious about this career around 22, whenever I jo- jo- 20, 20, 21, when I joined the military, that was the goal. Um, ESPN was, you know, people's like, oh, that, that's the goal, right, Rex? I'm like, yeah, sure, at the time it was. It very much was. But then you realize what what your role is in, in the local community because for every ESPN special they do on the Yankees, thousands of high schools are being left in the dust. And um, it feels like it. It really does feel like I am closing a very significant, passionate, identifying chapter in my life. I'm also looking really forward to what's going to be next. So mixed emotions, absolutely. A little bit sad, a lot of sad, yeah. Thankful, overwhelming, and excited, definitely. You and Jack have become a very good team. Ah, y'all, y'all, yeah. y'all, your strengths and weaknesses kind of complement each very other. Very much so. Um, what are you gonna miss most about working day to day and sharing sharing literally a, clo- a closet with him? Yeah, 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 pretty much was. What I'm going to miss is just hanging out with my with one of my best friends in life. Hanging out with one, my brother. That's really what I'm going to miss. Um, there is something to be in the trenches with, with someone, but it's something to be in the trenches with family. And that's what I consider Jack. Um, so Jack's your brother. 100%. He has, for everything that you guys see on TV, he has done a thousand times over behind the scenes. I've had really tough personal trials back there, and he's been an anchor. I've had moments where I saw him needing to grow at certain points and I wasn't afraid to push him because I knew he could handle it. What you're, what the fountain city is getting with him 
is is, is priceless. But he's, I, he's one of ours. He's I mean. one of exactly, and that's what I was saying. Is that like, I could do everything I can, and I'm glad that people enjoyed it. It's different when one of your own is talking about your community, and I didn't want to deny him that. And I also that's kind of where I was at. Is like I wish the timing worked out a little bit better, just to help him out with football a little bit more, just because everyone who works in local sports understands that. But I could not be the guardian or the for lack of a better term, the roadblock and giving him and this community that opportunity and to also be the roadblock in my own life. Um, a big, I, I will say this, a big factor for this is holding my little sister's daughter for the first time. Holding my niece was life-changing. And I've heard holding Do you your, want that slice of life? Yeah. I have heard holding your own child is, like when you become a father, it is different and so cool at the same time. And also- my dad is like, um, my dad and my other older siblings and other people in life have told me like, when you become a dad, it's amazing. You also have no idea what you're doing and you're just kind of figuring it out on the way. True. <laughs> but for me, um, yeah, I'm going to miss, just, I'm honestly going to miss hanging out with them. There are hours, there are hours we spend in that sports office outside. Of, I see Brit, the, the, the girlfriend that I have, I see Jack more than I've seen her. <laughs> and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate for Jack and for his girlfriend as well. But, you know, it's one, I've said this multiple times. It's one thing to work your dream job. It's one thing to come into, all, into a place where you work and feel like you're stealing money. And then it's another thing to do it with somebody like your family. Yep. It's, you, you, you're you're going to be just fine. I mean, you, I you're, a very, so. you're, you're a smart dude, and you're, you're also – It's on the record now, people. He said it. Uh, Okay, I was kidding. <laughs> I was mis- Edit that out, Lewis. Edit that last power out. To quote my favorite athlete of all time, Charles Barkley, I was misquoted. <laughs> Charles, it was your book. <laughs> How did you misquote yourself? I, I so wish I was here when Barkley was at Auburn. Oh, my. He shows up to Auburn now, and he's just a bigger personality there. Oh, he's about seven beers in when he sits down at his chair, oh, which is outstanding. <laughs> You know, it, a quick I can, story. Favorite, favorite story, favorite press conference moment I had. I wanted to see Kentucky, and Kentucky came to Auburn. Charles is always there when Kentucky comes. John Calipari, one of the most amazing press conferences you'll see, just because he's, he's like, hey, look, yeah. this is who I am. He plays, oh, what was me? So he comes in there. Charles Barkley enters the room, because we're in the position now where, like, the visiting and the home team share the same press conference room. Visiting team goes first, home team second. So John Calipari is there. Other players are excused at this point. It was Tyler Hero. That, that's when he was at Kentucky. So he's over there. And um, he 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 clearly sees the door open with 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 Chuck. Chuck opens the door and he's just peeking in. And so Calipari seamlessly is like, "Yeah, you know what? You know, I just told my guy, you got to be better than Charles Barkley here. Charles Charles was a bum. Oh, hey Charles." And then Chuck sees <laughs> Chuck sees him and it's like, "Hey, coach, how you doing?" He's like, "Yeah, I heard that you have a statue here." He's like, "Yeah, and it's skinny too." <laughs> and uh, they were told him, "Like, yeah, I, I tore it down." I was like, "Ah, don't worry about it." Uh, I was like, "You know what I told Auburn?" Like. What'd you tell Auburn? This is from Coach mm-hmm, Cal- mm-hmm. Chuck. So what'd you tell Auburn? It's like, bleep, bleep, John Calipari. <laughs> That's how that was one of the best moments I've ever seen. It was fantastic. I I, I, I covered some of Barkley's games and uh, was he just as wild that he he was he was sh- he was shy. That's that's he, what's he, wild to me. Did, but to some degree. I mean, then he would say stuff and Sonny Smith would go nuts. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's like, because he had to re- respond to Sonny. And yeah. then when you become a pro and you have to deal with Mike. But, you know, and my favorite part, you you didn't get – unfortunately, he was gone when you got here, but you didn't get to meet one of the true legends and 
Columbus sports. And that was Herb Green, who was yeah. Well, he, yeah. You, all you see is Herb Green Court. everywhere, everywhere. Herb Green Court, but Herb, Herb, like means you fall boy. Herb, uh, there's a um, lot of there's a lot of good that comes out of that little uh, town, huh? Yeah, there he is. There he is. Uh, Leading uh, for you introducing us. So uh, to say this on this podcast as well, Chuck has also been very gracious with his uh, with his time. He's also his knowledge when it comes to sports. Thank you. There were times where like. Let, you have Les's number. You have Les Snead's number. And I got a picture of me and him holding I know, the Lombardi trophy, man. Which is, <laughs> I, but at the same time, there have been reporters in the past that I've seen in other newsrooms where, like, it's my source. I will fight you if you even talk to this person. Chuck graciously told us, like, look, here's a sports theme to it. I'm going to do a news side. But Rex and Jack, because I care about your progress as well, you need to talk to Les. Talking to a Super Bowl winning general manager in the NFL is something I will always treasure. Like, and he is so cool. Yeah. Les is just, a, talk about a Cali, a, a, a South you follow, you, boy, a, you, you follow boy who turned into a Cali guy, and he's just like, yeah, sure. You can take the boy out of you follow, but you can <laughs> take you follow out of the boy. It's, it's, and, and I ran into him like Jared Stidham's pro day, and he was the most gracious human being ever. He, wow. He's he's he he's the real deal, and hundred percent. And I hope he and, gets another one. Yeah, I, really do. I, I do too. And it's a little know, rough start right now, but coming out of a Super Bowl run into the next season is always tough. Yeah, you know, and interesting. It, it really is. So hey, well, prediction. Let's get we're all right. We'll turn this around. Uh, Braves start playing Tuesday. Yes, uh, they do. How did they end up? Covering the Braves and being enthusiastic about the Braves beating my Astros is one of the hardest things. You were gracious had. about it. I tried to. Jorge Soler, though. I, I don't know if that ball's landed yet. The only reason, I, I've got a theory. The only reason you were even remotely gracious the night the Braves won the series was you saw how much it meant to feel. And Jack, 100%. 100%. That's yeah, it. That's I mean, it. You, saw, you saw. I know. I under, so for me. So to quickly answer this, I knew what, for what it's worth, I knew what the 2017 World Series did for Houston, especially because of the hurricane and especially yeah. being a fan of a team that loses 100 games. Like anytime the, the ESPN app was one of the greatest and one of the most disgusting things that's ever happened to me. Because every time the Sports Center app goes off on this phone during that time when Wandy Rodriguez was the best thing about the Astros and those god awful jerseys, it was like, hey, how much did we lose by? Six. Sweet. Ding, 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 ding. Lost by three. Great. Awesome. That's Where's Roy Oswald going? To Philly, because of course he is. Um, I knew what championship meant. And I honestly, I've fallen in love with the Braves organization. I have. You guys are my National League team. It's on the record. I, I, I like. Say, I'm old enough to remember when the Braves and the Astros were in the same division. In, in the same division, right. Um, so for me, how can you not love Acuna? How could you not love Albies? How can you not like Dansby? I hate that Freddie's at somewhere else. I, but I see what the Braves mean to the city. and I, But I think for you as a personal point, I saw what it meant to Phil. I saw what it meant to Jack. I saw what it meant to so many people who have been seeing that organization be so mediocre for so long. And, and like, I was just, I've, and I've told this honestly, like, I'm just glad the Dodgers or the Yankees weren't involved. Like, that was, that. that's all I care about. Um, as far as this Braves, or as far as this Braves team, as it's currently constructed, you guys are even, I think you guys are even more dangerous. I'll be honest. And because Olsen's really found his role, Acuna is, is all the way back. All these needs to be in the rotation by this round is what I need. This is what I'm thinking. I think the, their chance to win depends on whether or not Strider can give them three games. Strider is an if, absolute if he, monster. If he can, if he can come off the injury list and give them three games. Yeah. In the and the CS and in the World Series. They've, they've got to get to the ins, 
NLCS. Yeah, which will be against the Dodgers. Uh, in, in my in my prediction, I, I'm going to tell you right now. They won 111 I, games. Chuck. I, the do, they are. They said records. They are juggernaut. And you know, TV wants I LA think, and Atlanta. I think the Braves and the Dodgers both. One of them will get beat. Yep. In the in this in the in the in their first round. Really, you're and, expecting one? Okay. Uh, one of them will get beat. Baseball's a game about being hot. Very and, much so. And if the Mets or somebody come out of that three-game series where they're pitching and they're hitting is in a roll, yeah. they could literally roll that into a six-game win, series win over a team that's clearly better than them. Did the Braves peak too early? Because getting 10.5 lead down and getting the division is tough. Have they cooled off? Maybe. We'll see. I yeah, mean, that, we'll see. You don't sweep the. You don't. You're not cool if you sweep the Mets, and that that, <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was a cool. One. I will just well, say, like seeing New York lose anything is always fantastic, and I, uh, I I'm uh, I'm I'm with you. On that. <laughs> we, we share that, and I, I pretty much. I will I will say this as we wrap up because I know we both got jobs to do and you know bills to pay. Uh, I would love to see Astros Braves again, and this time Astros getting in six. I can go half that. <laughs> uh, uh, last thing, yes. uh, I do the turn the tables. Yeah. Um, you get to ask me a question. Have I has this sports department as loud as wacky as weird as it been? Have we done you proud? Yes, it, incredibly proud. And I couldn't be. I mean, y'all are very good at what you do. Thank you better you. guys. Um, and you become very important in this community. Oh, and wow. as a as a former sports editor at the Ledger, I say that. Because right now, the Columbus Ledger Inquirer does not do sports. That's a crime, by the, the way. That's a crime. <laughs> he said that. I didn't. I, I will say this. Newspaper, one of us thought it. One, I will say this. Newspapers, yes, they are a different kind of medium. But the writers who are involved in newspapers are some of the best people you'll ever meet. Oh, and they the are. Writ, the written yeah. word is important. Oh, it's like the other day after the the abominable Auburn, Missouri game. <laughs> the one of the best sports writer leads I've read in years. A guy named Glenn Gilbo, who's uh used to cover LSU for the advocate and um he's covering some other stuff now. But Glenn in in two sentences he summed up that game better than anybody else. He said Auburn tried to lose Saturday. Missouri <laughs> tried hard Missouri tried harder. Perfect. That's it. Someone had Did to that describe that game. A hundred percent, because someone had to win it by default. At one of those things, someone I think a lot of people are saying this is why ties should yeah. exist in, in American football. They tried harder, and the kid, God bless him, like all he has to do is literally take four steps, hold the ball with two hands, take four steps into the end zone, and Missouri wins that game with momentum going into Georgia. He drops the ball by trying by trying to do too much by trying to do too much swag. God bless him. Nathaniel Pete is, I think he's a good player. He just made a dumb mistake. Remember what you just said as you go into your new job? Don't try to do too much. Don't do, try to do too do much. Do it. Do it. Don't, don't fumble in the goal line. Don't try to do too much. Hold and, the ball and just get into the pit. One of my, everyone who, if you are listening to this, my God, the goal line exists for a reason. Just take a step. Just take one full step. God gave you two feet to play this game. <sighs> Put one of them down and then dance all you want. Just make sure this stupid pigskin goes across that line. It's really that easy. Rant over. Uh, I'm going to have my mute button ready Monday morning. I'm not sure I can handle that at 5.30 a.m. 
<laughs> we're gonna find. Lord we're gonna find, We're gonna find out. Uh, uh, no, the, I, I can't wait you, to see. You the, ask what I'm nervous about. My speed is what I'm because I need to. You're not trying to cram 30 minutes of news into four minutes. Well, anymore. and you talk. You talk very fast, and you talk very understandable. I mean, that's just you know. I'm sorry. You, you know, I think we have read rates for anybody's listening. We have read rates on the rundowns and stuff, and you know, mine just says special education. Don't do that. <laughs> but mine, to, to, mine, I'm the slowest read rate available. There are, so for for everyone out there, let's say like 13, 14 is their numbers are on there. Thirteen to fourteen this is fairly normal. Fifteen plus is like get ready. About nine is where Chuck is, but. <laughs> No, Chuck, Chuck's a, is very good. And those numbers are important because the producers and the directors. Who are the real heroes of this entire organization. Absolutely. Are, are, are the ones. I put up with people like us. Oh, God, you couldn't have put yeah. it better. But they, but. I'm the, about a 27. Right, Lewis? <laughs> God bless you, Lewis. But, you know, no, I'm literally like a 12. And I mean, literally. And Rex and, is literally about a 22. And, I'm so sorry. But those numbers are important because they use them to time shows. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah, it's like, here comes. Time is, time is a suggestion when Chuck or Rex is at the desk. <laughs> yeah, one's going to be fast, one's going to be slow. <laughs> well, okay, I've enjoyed this very, very much. Rex Castillo, the... Retiring sports guy becoming going to the the, the, okay, adult the table. last day I can say this sports director WRBL News yeah. Three, uh, he'll be morning anchor uh, morning co anchor starting Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Crystal Whitman and a tremendous team up there. Well, well, I've, I'm feeling some big shoes, man. Yeah, we haven't said Blake Eason all. He, you're taking a job, Blake vacated. He's going to Nashville, which um, he well deserves. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's you, you know you, you're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Rex Castillo. That's <sighs> morning. Remember, music remember, or... remember the name. You, you, oh, if you're not a sports person, you're going to definitely get him <laughs> on your screen. Uh, on starting Monday morning, I think he's some of the sports may or may not filter into your morning news. I will be good about it. I promise you. I promise. I you. will tune in Monday morning to hear your first conversation with Bear. I will be there. Oh, I'm excited about that. I'm actually <laughs> genuinely and, yeah, excited about Bear, that. You and Bear are going to figure each other out very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that Chuck, that, that thank will you be a me. measure. Okay, and, and I will say this: the the guest list that you've had on this on this podcast is tremendous. It's it's important conversations i i guess he wanted to take a, a, a shot with the wacky one in the in the newsroom so i appreciate well that. i want to give you an opportunity to have something you can share out and others can see what they're getting in the morning and that's the reason i want to do this and i'm really glad we did thank you and again thank you to this and, community and, for trusting me and you should have a former news director that called this when we talked to our own navel gazing so we just got an <laughs> hour of navel gazing there you go i love it <laughs> thanks rex Appreciate we hope you buddy. come back again for another edition of the chuck williams show or is this a sunday conversation what are we dealing with here lewis we welcome to the chuck williams experience everybody <laughs> yeah the gps may or may not work and you have no idea you didn't even know you wanted to get there <laughs> we gotta go bye <laughs> The Chuck Williams Show airs on Tuesday nights from 7 to 8 on WRBL.com. It's also available on your favorite podcast format, iHeart, Spotify, and Apple. Social media, yeah, we're there too. You can get me on Twitter at Chuck Williams, Facebook, Chuck Williams WRBL, Instagram, Chuck Williams 0999.